This is Ibarian X, and welcome to The Candid Frame. You can now download the latest episode of The Candid Frame directly to your smartphone or tablet using the Candid Frame app. Available for Apple iOS, Android, and Windows 8, you can automatically receive and listen to the latest episode minutes after it's released. Mark and download your favorites or send your comments and suggestions directly to me via the app. Download it today using your favorite app store or click on the links in the show notes found at the Candid Frame website. Before we start our regular program, I sat down with recent TCF guest, fashion and portrait photographer, Matthew Jordan Smith. In this brief conversation, he shares a new and exciting facet of his project, Future Precedence. You can find out more about Matthew, his project and his work in episode 213. But for now, take a listen. Hey Matthew, welcome, welcome back to the Candid Frame. I wanted to have you on because you got a, we, we talked about uh, your your project, but you're at a, a new phase of the project that I, I I knew that a lot of our listeners, especially those with children, would be interested in. So why don't you tell us about? Um, well, first off, remind people who may not have who heard the episode or those who may have not heard it what the project's about and uh, what you've been doing. Sounds good. Well, I, I, I totally believe in personal projects. As a photographer, it, it strengthens your, your chops, but also it gives you a chance to like, you know, show the world what you care about. So I spent two years, my wife and I drove to every state in America, and I photographed 100 children, all with the idea of empowering them, inspiring them to, to really dream big. And, uh, think outside the box of their life and believe that anything is possible. So I did the project. I finished shooting last year and uh, all to make this book. And the book is called Future American President. But you know what? It's kind of funny because when we were traveling around the country and I'm photographing strangers, I'm finding strangers, I'm asking them can I photograph their children, which sounds very hard, right? But once I told parents about the project, People loved it and started referring me to other people. Well, I had a cap of 100 people around the country and people were contacting me, calling me and referring friends. And it was it was too much. I had to turn people down. And it always bugged me and it bugged my wife that we had to say no to so many people. Mm. And during the journey, you know, we thought we talked about this a lot. And one morning I got up early and I had this idea and I told my wife about it. She's like, I love that idea. And I was like, I figured out a way to put not only the families that I had to turn down, but to put every parent's child in the book. So here's my idea. And uh, I'm, I put it out now for the first time and people are hearing about it for the first time. Um, I started a, a, I launched an Indiegogo yesterday, which is all about being able to put, any child on the cover of the book because as I was going around the country, I only photographed 99 families, only 99. The book's a hundred families. I saved that last spot, the cover 
for every family in America to be able to put their child on the cover. Mm. And that's what the Indiegogo project, the crowdfunding project is about that just launched yesterday about that. So anybody can go to the Indiegogo site and look for your child on the cover. The project's called Your Child on the Cover and order a book with their child on the cover. So uh, what are the, me- the mechanics of it? I mean, you're not going to go out and shoot all these kids. So No, it actually gets better. So this is the great part. The, the bond happens when you get to photograph a child. So when a parent gets to photograph a child, it's even better. So parents can take a picture of their child in the style of the cover, which is just simply putting their child in a white top and placing them on a white background and taking the picture. Very close, very tight. Um, I've put a video out to show how to do that. And that's it. And they send the picture to us. And from there, we take over and mock up the cover with their child on it. And hopefully can send the pitch, the book to them by the holidays with their child on the cover. Wow. That's, that's really exciting. That would be fun if I were a kid to have, to me see my, myself on the cover of a Absolutely. Of a it's fun for anybody. Trust me. To, to have your picture on a cover is a big deal. For a celebrity, it's a big deal. Imagine for a kid to grow up and see a, a book all their life that's in the house with their picture on it. And inside that book, it has all their peers from every state in the country. But even more than that, the book is educational because there are parts in the book that educate kids about each state in America, also about our country's past, and they're the future. Wow. So when's, uh, is there like a time frame for the Indiegogo campaign? Yes. It's just the month of July. That's it. Okay. It started yesterday. It runs for 30 days only, and then that's it. All right. Well, people, you've heard it, so check it out. I'll have a link for the uh, uh, for the Indiegogo campaign on the in the show notes. So uh, click it, and if you got a child, seriously consider doing this. This this sounds like an amazing th- amazing project. I've seen some of the images that he's produced with it. Uh, it's exceptional, and I have no doubt that it's going to be an inspiration for a lot of kids. So kudos to you for for opening this up to so many people. It's it's a wonderful idea. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you, it's, it's always a team effort. This gives me a chance to make I mean, team stands for together. Each achieves more. And this is really a team effort to have, to have the ability to to photograph your child and have it become a defining moment in that child's life. And I'm, I'm talking about this because for me as a kid, I had a defining moment. And that defining moment was reading that book by Gordon Parks. And seeing that I could become a photographer as a kid, it clicked. So this book is about that also, creating defining moments for these children to believe that they can become, you know, anything they can imagine, even a future American president. You never know. This is planting the seed. Maybe your child is a future president. You never know. Or maybe it's your your nephew or your niece or your grandchild or your best friend's daughter, whoever can be your child or a child that's special to you. Tomorrow, I'm going to photograph Angela Bassett. They have twins. I'm going to photograph Angela Bassett's twins for the book. They want a cover for each of the twins. Oh, nice. So that's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Great. 
Once you discover the joy and the satisfaction that comes from making photographs, the idea arises of how to make that experience a regular part of one's life. We just want more time to do this thing that we love so much. Yet even those who choose to go pro soon discover there are no more hours in the day for the professional than there are for the amateur. So we all face this challenge of not having enough time to practice photography. So when I meet a photographer who produces an impressive body of work without leaving their full-time job, well, this is a photographer I want to sit down and speak with. Swedish photographer Ola Billmont is a street photographer who in less than three years has created images that not only have a signature style, but that explore his world through beautiful and intriguing images. A dedicated film shooter who uses 35mm, medium format, and large format cameras, Ola is a photographer who is always exploring, always experimenting, always managing to find the time to make the pictures that move him. During a recent trip to the United States, he sat down with me and I began our conversation by asking what differences he perceived photographing here in the U.S. as compared to his native Sweden. Uh, I think for me, I, 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 I'm not saying I do my best photos when I travel, but I like getting away. Uh, Sweden is is a country where we have a long dark period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about war or anything. I'm talking about like eight months out of the year. It's it's pretty dark, and when it gets a little bit cold and everything, people dress up and they hide under you know hooded coats and stuff. And uh, and uh, people are very generic in Sweden. <laughs> they look the same, at least uh, during that time time period. Uh, and it's also, uh, yeah, I mean, summertime it's nice, obviously. Uh, but um, when you go to certain events, that's more fun. I mean, if you walk the streets, so to speak, in the same sense, then I, I always enjoy going to new places. And Los Angeles is still kind of a new place for me. So it's I find it much much easier. People look differently weird here than in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. It's funny. <laughs> the you know the point you made of the fact that um, during large parts of, of of the year that it's very dark. Yeah, it sort of necessitated you using flash. Kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. It for, started like that for your work, which I think is interesting because I, I know a couple of years back a lot of people started using flash for street photography as a result of being inspired by uh, Bruce Gilden. And so yeah. there was a lot of sort of mimicry that was being done, but you, you came to it from a, a practical point of view. You needed the yeah. flash in order to be able to yeah. make the, the shots. Because yeah. so, so, you, you're fairly new to photography. Yeah, it's so, two and a half years now. Yeah, so it's it's interesting that you kind of sort of jumped in and immediately starting having to use flash, which is something that most people have an aversion to. Yeah. Oh. So tell us about that those early uh, those early well, uh, times of your photography. Well, actually, it was technique that got me to start shooting at all because I got I found this very neat camera. It was Olympus EP3. It was the first. I always had a camera through my life, but I never used them. I loved the gear. I always loved the gear, but I haven't been using them, so I haven't taken photos before actually. But but since I bought the Olympus Three, the very small, neat camera uh, with a 12 millimeter lens, I started taking it with me all the time. 
And then it just take, took a few months and I wanted to go back to film. And uh, when I did that, then the limitations with light is obvious, especially in Sweden. So flash was necessary. Okay. And so the, the whole learning curve in terms of with flash can be kind of tricky. But, uh, you know, because even if you have like TTL metering. Um, yeah. In, well, you, that's, know, you, you don't want that, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know. I haven't even tried that. But uh, so you you're using completely manual. Oh, yeah, so you yeah, yeah, yeah. so you yeah. had even more of a learning curve. So yeah, yeah. So you know, did you immediately start using using Flash as soon as you switched over to film? And yeah, I've been using Flash pretty much the whole time. And uh, once in a while, I, I tried to mix up my work, and then I, I tried to put the Flash on the side, but it's hard. It stays off for two hours, and then I have to pick it up. So. It's, it's really weird because I, one thing is I shoot at 125 all the time pretty much. Okay. Uh, and uh, when I turn off the flash, which I do occasionally, and I still sh- have it on 125 and I can get blurry photos because motion. <laughs> I'm such an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> well, your pictures don't demonstrate that at all. But, you know, it's interesting because you're working relatively close distances between yeah, you and yeah. your subjects. So, you know, flash has a limited range. Uh, oh, yeah, especially but I, if you're I, using the lower ISO films. So, um, did you have any sort of reticence? Did you have any sort of reservations about you know no. shooting really close with 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 a flash? Because a lot of people have a problem shooting people from 15 feet away. Yeah, much flash. less as close yeah, yeah, as you yeah. are. No, no, I'm, I'm no, I, it's never been a problem. I mean, sometimes you don't feel comfortable even. Today, I mean, it's, I don't take every shot that I can. It, it's, it's always a, there's sometimes there's always a mental uh, sort of obstacle to take mm-hmm. a certain shot, uh, even today. But no, not really. I, I know that 96 out of 100 times it's no problem whatsoever. But uh, usually I, I, I do a slight interaction with people after I've taken the shot, so it makes it maybe, uh, maybe it's that take down their guard, so to speak, to interact with me instead. So, yeah, yeah take away the drama, so to, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Did, but when you were first doing it, did it just come sort of natural to you? And then you just started, you start seeing the pictures, it well, just became what you did? Or did you sort of, because I, I know for me, uh, it took me a while to sort of get up my nerve to the point that I was able to get as close as I do now. I'm usually trying to be now as close as about three or four feet. Yeah, maybe yeah, find yeah. the most. That's my preset focus usually yeah. on on the camera, one meter. Yeah, so yeah. it took me a while though to get to the yeah. point where I get closer because I felt like my images demanded that kind of uh, intimacy. And when I'm playing it safe, I'm further back. Yeah, but a, a tip, I'm not happy with a it. A tip is buy a 15 millimeter or 20 millimeter lens. Then oh, you yeah. have to get close. No, seriously. I no, mean, yeah. I mean, you're going to be so disappointed every shot unless you get closer. So you have to get close. Yeah, I, I shot with a 24 uh, yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago, and almost immediately I could tell that I needed to be yeah. like 24 inches. Uh, it's it's weird how far the subject seems to be with a 21 or something. It's really weird. What do you like about the look of those images? What do you feel that they convey uh, as a result of working that close and that intimately with yourself? No, I mean, it's usually I'm 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 a people person, <laughs> so I'm just looking for that specific. Uh, person pretty much or have been um, so I'm, I, I'm not interested usually in the background 
usually. Oh, but, okay. So, so uh, but sometimes the background is uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, but usually the backgrounds are always disturbing most most of the times. Uh, so. That's uh, one reason of, of just framing as much of the actual person only as possible. So you, you mentioned characters, and that, that's what you sort of appeal to. Could you be a little more specific? Because I think what I perceive as characters may be different from what you or other people oh, do. Yeah. So is, is, there, is there, for lack of a better word, a type that you sort of favor? Or what is it that you usually see that you feel like that you really gravitate to when it comes to... Making the, making the photograph. Uh, there's so many things. There could be someone poking their nose. It could be a very normal person poking their nose. Uh, um, that's kind of funny. Uh, and it could be a string of hair hanging down in the forehead uh, from a normal person. It could mm-hmm. look funny. could also be someone with, uh, I don't know, a, a Band-Aid at a weird place or... or I don't have any shots like that, but nevertheless, it could be, it could be that, <laughs> looking for that. Uh, no, I mean, it, but obviously it's, it's uh, funny dressed people, I would say, are, are, but that's not so. Uh, I love going to Beverly Hills. I, I don't think they're necessarily funny, but they, they dress properly weird in a, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So I would say Beverly Hills is my favorite spot in LA to shoot. Yeah, there's definitely an abundance of character yeah. there. It's very different. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's how people, you know, choose to identify themselves in terms of the way they dress, the, the, their hair, their hat, the cars they they drive. All those things yeah. uh, really help kind of define character. And it's wonderful when you can capture that in in a photograph. It's not just people with you know punk hairstyles. No, no, that, that, you know? I don't care about that stuff. I, I think normally weird is the best. I mean. Uh, um, a 60-year-old man in, in Beverly Hills, he has a little bit too much money and he's trying to wear these cool sunglasses and he has a fl- little bit fluffy hair from hairspray and a weird pink shirt and all that combination with maybe some uh, surgery. And I, it's fantastic. Yeah, but you, you, you know, your images don't convey that you're making fun of these people. Though. No, no, I don't oh. think so. I don't mean to. It's just, uh, I'm just... I see them and now I'm trying to take photos of them. I've always been looking at them, so to speak, before I start shooting. Yeah. So when you started, you know, using film, you you, you mentioned that you don't like pixels, but what was what was the attraction to film that you felt you weren't being provided by uh, by shooting shooting digital? I don't know. It's a yeah. There's so many things. I I uh, I. Uh, First, I, I think digital photos, I mean, regardless of what apps or, or post-processing can do, I think digital photos looks t- too too neat, to be honest. Okay. So I, you want some dirt there, but not necessarily uh, uh, super grainy photos. And I, I certainly get that because I develop all my film myself and I'm not uh, the best at it. So my color photos are... I developed... All my color photos one degree wrong for more than a year. Okay. Without knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people have been commenting my weird colors on my photos, and I'm like, yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really care about that stuff, to be honest. And I do very little post processing. Uh, you're supposed to be able to capture the essence of the photo, <laughs> regardless of if, if it's all pink or. or, or, or you know, you know what I mean. So I, I, um, 
But it's good to be consistent. I, I hate being uh, doing all different kinds of. of uh, so I, I, I'm actually when I found out that I developed the film wrong, uh, I I did it right for a while and it actually looked perfect. So I've gone back a little bit, half a degree wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I'm trying to. Well, I have too many photos that are weird. So, so you know, you have a, a normal business that you that you have. So um, you're not photographing all the time so tell us about you know how you sort of find the time to go out and make your your photographs like as you mentioned before you know you have the limit of of only a limited amount of time of daylight during certain times of the year so on top of all the things you have to do how do you sort of squeeze in time to make the photographs oh trap weekends and uh, i don't know really (laughs) i i i just swapped Change computers, so I had to transfer all the files to a new computer. And then I, for the first time, I, I, I saw how many photos I've taken since I started. And it's pretty much average eight or nine, nine or ten photos a day in average since I started. But that's, that's all together, both yeah. film. It's like I have like 9,000 something uh, sort of scans of, of, of film photos. And uh, a few dig- digital as well. I shoot sometimes, occasionally I shoot digital. Do you find that because you're limited to a number, a certain number of frames with each roll of film, yeah. that you're more careful in terms of your, your composing or no? Not really. I, 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 um, no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, if you shoot 35 millimeter film, it's not that expensive if you develop yourself. Um, in Sweden, it's much more expensive to have someone develop it for you. But here in the U.S., it's pretty cheap. It's like five, five bucks to get a film developed. And I think that's that shouldn't be any problem. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's yeah. interesting I've always felt that, uh, at least for me, that uh, shooting with film tends to slow me down. Oh, yeah. You know, because I, I know at some point I'm going to have to switch the roll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm not just firing no. willy-nilly in order to make the shot. No. I'm thinking about... I'm carefully thinking about all those things within the frame in terms of what I'm going to include, exclude from the frame, to try to make that shot the best that I can. Cause yeah, but again, if you do that occasionally, maybe that's how you, how you look at it. But if you do it, you just take photos. I mean, you just snap, and, and you don't think about it when you shoot film all the time. So it becomes whatever it is <laughs> for, for me. But I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a snap-away guy. And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsors. You want your website to be more than just a depository for your work. You want it to reflect your style and sensibility. You want it to be unique. While other services create templates that look the same regardless of the photographer and their work, Squarespace's templates are incredibly customizable to the point that you won't even recognize it's from a template. Check out the websites that have been created using Squarespace's newest template, Pacific. You will be amazed at how different it can be made to look. Find out for yourself by taking advantage of their 14-day free trial. You don't need a credit card, just create an account and go for it. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CANDIDFRAME to get 10% off and to show your support for the show. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. 
seems like you're 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 a pretty instinctual photographer. That that you know you you see something, you make the shot, and you may not necessarily be thinking about all the sort of the technical things that a lot of photographers are sort of obsessed with that gets that gets in the way of making the picture. Is, you know, you know what I'm saying. But that's also because it makes it so easy. I mean, I I have uh, like four settings for with the flash. The flash is helping quite a bit actually. If I'm out shooting in daylight and I uh, I have my subject in 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 the shade, flash is a fill flash. Um, and and uh, for normal photographers, they have to underexpose plus minus blah, 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 and do that. I just bang, and and. Uh, mm. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so so it actually makes it easier at some point. Uh, and, when, and also, I mean, when I'm shooting um, uh, in full daylight, I, I, I'm shooting at f16 or, or around there. And uh, it becomes a point-and-shoot camera, pretty much, uh, if I'm consistent with my, my a distance. a big point-and-shoot camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. got a Fuji 6x9 professional yeah. camera on the table here. Yeah. And that thing is not uh, inc- no, it's big. inconspicuous. No, eight frames per roll. using that camera you know i i've been using a these small mirrorless cameras because Mm -hmm. i like to be a little bit yeah uh inobtrusive uh but with that there's no way you're going to do that so what what's the kind of response when people see you um directing that beast in, in their direction i don't think I mean, I'm such a big guy myself, so it's just a little part of me. That's the <laughs> How tall are you? 6'5", uh, 196. Do you think that that gives you an advantage I when you were so. on the screen? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have a friend back home in Sweden. Uh, I, I don't want to name him, but he's, uh, he's not so tall, but he's a little bit like... He's, he's, a little bit out there with his arm and so on and his his way of doing it even if we're doing the same thing i mean flashing people uh he's 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 very vivid in in a sense in comparison to me i'm more just clumsy if you like (laughs) but i try to finish it off with with some some big smile or or stupid high five and they don't even understand what happened uh, afterwards yeah, I think uh, Renzi or Dana had told me about how, how, how sort of um, the energy that you give off after you've made the photograph. That yeah. you're, you're, even though you may have a, a large, like an imposing frame, you, yeah. you come off as very disarming yeah. in terms of your personality after you make the photograph so that people don't feel like, you know, there was anything funny going on or anything no, like no, that. No. So. no, no, and that's what... Well, what I, what I, because I, I do ha- uh, now and then uh, sort of end up in, um, let's put it, <laughs> situations where I have to explain what I'm doing. And uh, so I have these with me at all time. Not necessarily that amount of photo, but it's like at least uh, 10, 12 of these. I can show them how usually my, at least the end result is supposed to be looking. Oh, so he's, he's giving me these 5 by 7 prints. Uh, so you just carry these around yeah, and have yeah, them. Okay, yeah. I always have them with me. Well, these are nice. These are nice. I, I think that's helpful. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think especially having prints. Yeah, yeah. it's much more helpful it's, than having to yeah. show somebody on a phone. Uh, I have a business card too, obviously, but but uh, uh, but it's much easier. And it, it, um, I've undramatized a couple of situations with those. 
For sure. Tell me about this shot, which is of this oh, old yeah. man with a hat. That was funny. That came being directed at your... Yeah, like, he wasn't too happy you taking his picture? No, no, I don't think he was. He's, I think he sensed that I was uh, going to shoot shoot him. Uh, mm-hmm. because I was behind a pillar, and he was coming for, like... And somehow he was trying to avoid me, but then when he just came up to me, I... And that was with the Mamiya 6x7, and... Um, uh, and I just sna- snapped the photo, and he flipped his cane into to my face, sort of, and then back and just walked on. Not yeah. a word. It's it, it been interesting because with some of your pictures, um, we, we've talked about you working really close. Yeah. But in some of the pictures, you're actually pulling back. A little bit, yeah. Particularly when you're including more than one person, like in the yeah, frame, yeah, like in yeah, these yeah, shots, yeah. and and in in those cases, it seems like your your backgrounds are pretty sparse. Sparse. There, sparse. There isn't a whole lot of clutter. No. There, and no. I I don't know how conscious you are of that when you're making the, the I don't picture. know either to be honest I, I mean I, sometimes I mean I remember taking that with the ladies uh, I remember go, uh, sort of lowering the camera because there were so many people behind these ladies so I just wanted the roof of the flowers and their mm-hmm. heads uh, so I, yeah. it works you know it works really beautifully and uh uh, the images that you showed me of uh, the car culture yeah, in Sweden, yeah, yeah. those are really interesting because yeah. they're they're still use you you're still using that uh, technique of using the, the flash, yeah. But they're much more inclusive in, in those in those pictures. You're showing the cars, but you're also showing the relationships of the people with each other. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the yeah, context, yeah. which I think is really kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. Um, were you aware of the fact that that about that when you were making the shots or was that not well it's I'm trying to shoot like that more now I'm a little bit tired of uh, just one single person to be honest I'm, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit so uh, so more more th- that that's close I mean we, we're talking about 1.5 meter uh, but so still pretty close but for me that's almost like a scene uh, shot in, in my small world so to speak it's, yeah. it's like a scene shot but uh, in, in others that photo that's a scene shot but that's not no people in it but <laughs> obviously but, but i think those, i think that idea of knowing when you've sort of exhausted a particular type of shooting is really important because i think some people yeah. get really good at making one type of photograph and that's all they ever do yeah and they don't really kind of venture out from there so no i'm i'm I, it's good when you get tired of yourself i think but then you have to try to mix it up with something. But I mean, I I just started a few months ago shooting portraits of people, and and I'm 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 totally lost in that. I mean, I, I don't know. It feels like the, that's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> so what was what was the the challenge that you found? Because you did make pictures of people out on the street, but now you're making formal portraits where you're actually collaborating with the subject in order yeah. to make the pictures. So what were some of the you know, the differences that you discovered, what were some of the challenges that you faced doing it that way as opposed to doing it like... Oh, it's super hard. I mean, now it becomes more technical, obviously, because everything has to be right. If you want to... I mean, if if you say I'm taking your portrait and 
except from getting the person into the right mood and the right angle, the mm -hmm. face expression. There is all, obviously you want to add some sort of finesse to the actual photo itself. So uh, I was experimenting with a, a flashlight that I, uh, that I use as a fixed light and, and, and partially lit. Uh, uh, so I was totally, I was more into my own world when I'm in the beginning when I was shooting like this and then communicating with the subjects so and they were okay, just standing yeah. there, you know, poor people. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's demanding for me because there's a certain level of engagement that you have to have with your subject. Yeah. Because it's more than beyond the technical stuff. Yeah. So in terms of you're looking through the viewfinder and you're trying to capture a moment where the person is, at least for me, as unguarded as they can possibly be, which is kind of difficult when you're sticking a lens in someone's face. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how did you strike that, that, that balance between, you know, the technical and then just being aware enough about the first person's physicality, their yeah. facial expression to snap the shutter at just the right moment to capture something yeah. that you felt was, was the best that you could do? Oh, that, I'm still, uh, uh, let's call it experimenting. I, I, so I, I don't know yet, to be honest. I, I'm, but I, I, I do know it's, it's, uh, it's about eye contact, sort of. Even if I'm asking them mostly to look into the camera, uh, um, it's, it's just a tiny fraction of a blink and a relaxing of a muscle. And let go of the, you know, uh, the mouth dropping or yeah. open. It's, it's tiny. I mean, I, I, it's weird. You can. I mean, I shot one girl uh, and I took like sixty frames of her, uh, and I think four are bad. To be honest, I mean, she was just fantastic, uh, and on those she was yawning or like, mm -hmm. naturally weird. But and some other people, it's you barely get a photo out of. It's it, it is hard. That's super hard. With portraits, yeah. So, so what do you do to get people to sort of relax? I mean, I everyone that has their, their own you know, unique technique. <laughs> Is that what you have in the bag there? <laughs> no, 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 no. But actually, one beer is is it? no. But for if I don't I, now, I'm practicing on people I know pretty much, and that's. Um, Easier. Uh, I shot a friend Samira yesterday, and we know each other. But we really don't know each other. So, but it's always good to sit down, talk a little bit, and just talk things through potential how it could work, and so on. And uh, well, anything just to ch chit chat a bit. Yeah, yeah. We were talking before we started about editing. Yeah, mm. and which is one of the hardest things for any photographer to to, to learn. Um, you know, you've collected your images in your galleries and in, in in exhibits and stuff like that. So how how have you come to learn what you do know about editing and about being able to take a look at your body of work and collect it into something that makes makes sense? That's it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, first, I don't want to mix color and black and white, even though I shoot almost fifty fifty. Uh, so, so, but uh, I really don't care so much. <laughs> I've been, I was, uh, I've been sub submitting photos to a couple of places and for like an interview, and I, I, I didn't spend much time choosing the photos. 
I don't know if it was good or bad, but uh, um, it's it's it is hard. It's super hard. Um, actually, I I I I think it's fun to take photos, and and it, for me, it, it, I'm kind of happy with that only. To be honest, yeah. uh, uh, just having fun and and the waiting process for the film to develop, <laughs> it's it's Christmas every time I develop. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. People now don't have the experience of going. I hope it came out. I hope it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah, I didn't yeah. make any mistakes in the camera. Yeah, my processing. Yeah, yeah. You know. but I think honestly, I, I slightly with with tiny tiny margins maybe, or with tiny tiny steps. I think you become a better photographer because I can I can guess the, the light settings. Uh, it's it's I know this by shooting manually all the time. So, so somehow you learn uh, the all the values in, in, in a sense uh, by shooting yeah. manually uh, and film. I mean, there are obviously aperture power to cameras for film too, but if you shoot manually, uh, I think you learn that stuff. And also, if you take a photo at a certain scene with a certain light, and and you develop, and it's it's fucked up and then you you know pretty much what you did and you're going to correct that the next time and then you become a better photographer a digital shooter might even chimp the first frame and then start change and start shooting and and uh, so it maybe doesn't learn what yeah. i'm saying what 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 film do you favor what chemistry are you using the, the processing uh ilf delta 100 or uh, for portraits, and uh, but I actually just now swapped to 400 uh, portrait and, and for uh, HP4, HP5, I mean, uh, and portrait 400. Okay, so and the so, chemistry the developer you're using, uh, HC 110, okay, and um, tetanol for color. And do you end up scanning the film, in- yeah, yeah. Do you actually do any prints, or are you just scanning them into the computer? Oh, uh, black and white, I do prints. I mean, if I, if I occasionally I actually sell some prints, and I, if someone buys a black and white print, I do it in the dark room. Okay. Yeah. So, how do you find that process of being in the dark room? Uh, that's uh, it's fun. It's very logical. I, I don't know if it's for me, but I, I mean, I did develop film when I was fourteen or something like that. But uh, um, so I don't remember anything. Uh, really about that but again if you shoot manually it's about uh, double half time double you know and all that it's it's actually very logical uh, yeah. i mean I, I enjoyed the time in the dark room i was never a particularly good printer no uh, but i enjoyed the sort yeah. of meditative process the fact that i was so immersed and focused when i was making prints in a way that i'm not when i'm at the computer with so many sort of distractions right um so though i don't I don't miss the, the the making of the prints as much as I like the way I felt when I was making them. If yeah. that makes any, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, no, but I think it's uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, I, I really like. Uh, uh, I'm not at all very good in, in the darkroom, but I, I, I can do okay prints. Uh, I, I mean, I, I actually don't even do fiber yet, to be honest. So I'm still in the plastic here. Okay. But uh, but uh, I know I know a little bit about using the 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 iodine you know the red on the to, and light and whites in the fiber. So I, I but I haven't moved into that. Uh, but anyway, it, when the print is done uh, and you made 
you took the photo on film, you developed it yourself and it made the photo in darkroom, it feels pretty good. I like it a lot. We've all likely entertained the idea of furthering our education by attending a class at a local community college, but never get around to it. After a long day at work, and especially a long commute, it can be difficult to muster the energy. That's why I think lynda.com is such a wonderful resource, because for less than the price of a three-unit course, you can have access not just to great courses on photography, but also video editing, business management, web design, audio editing, marketing, and so much more. And the best thing is that you can choose from any of these courses from the convenience of your own home. What's not to like about that? You can experience this for yourself and watch over 2,000 quality videos for free for a limited time. I've worked out a special deal with lynda.com to provide you with unlimited access to the entire library for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com forward slash the candid frame to use it for a week. That's lynda.com forward slash the candid frame to start your seven day free trial and help support the show. How how aware were you of the the community, particularly the street photography community that, that that's online? Is that something that, as you started exploring, you started discovering it, and as a result, you started discovering other photographers? How did you become aware of the greater body of work that was being made out there, not only you know by contemporaries but by people who have come before? Well. How how I got aware of it? Yeah, I think Facebook has been very helpful. It's, it's very good for this kind of uh, this community. I mean, posting photos, etc. But and also, but links. Uh, people talk about stuff, discuss certain issues uh, and, and topics, and so I, I do like um, uh, Facebook in that matter. Uh, but it, I, I guess it's. I mean, I, I'm looking more towards non-street photographers, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I'm more inspired by uh, radically different photographers than, than street photographers. It, it's to some point, I wouldn't say boring, but it, it's uh, it's to some point uh, you, you've seen a lot already <laughs> that way, even yeah. even in, including myself. But uh, but so but. It, to do something different uh, I mean more complex photography I don't know uh, range photos uh, build up something and then take a photo of it I li- for example I like Gregory Crutzon's I like the mode in his, his photos uh, as an example but uh, I, I have a hard time with graphical photos I mean I have a hard time making them I, uh, I, but some people are really good in working with patterns and light oh, and shadow and stuff like that and, um, I can enjoy that, but that's not, nothing that I will ever make, I guess. Yeah. You talked about on the drive up here, <clears throat> you talked about on the drive up here about how you are not reticent to be a little, share more of your personal side in Facebook. As much as you're sharing, sharing your work on there. Well, you, yeah. And as I was telling you, I'm a bit a little more reserved about putting my, my own personal <laughs> self yeah. on there um, just because I'm, you know, just kind of wired that way. Yeah. But but you bring up an interesting point that 
that sometimes using social networks to quote unquote promote or market yourself yeah. is as much about you sort of marketing who you are as a person yeah. as you are the yeah. work. So it seems like that came to you very naturally, but obviously it doesn't to everyone. So why do you think that that's important? I think it, it, the answer has been said already. You are not like that. I am like that. I'm an outgoing person. I'm a, I'm a salesperson. That's what I do at daytime. I sell. Mm. And uh, I'm not afraid of, of meeting new people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it comes naturally. And I'm not very afraid of making a little bit of shame on myself. I, I mean, it's not that I'm injecting heroin on, on, on videos on <laughs> Facebook. But, uh, but no, I mean, a little bit goofy. I, I, can, I, can, I can do that. Uh, because I, I am a little bit goofy <laughs> in a sense, I guess. No, but it's, yeah. it's good because I think it's it's trying to strike a balance between your sort of public and personal persona. Yeah. And 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 it seems like in your case, you, you're much more generous about it because it's just, like you said, it comes very natural to you. It does. Um, so when it comes to dialoguing with, with people about your work, what do you, you know, what what is that, how has that benefited your photography? Uh I don't think I'm a shallow person, but some people are getting too deep about photography. Let's put it that way. They're talking too much. Uh, and and it's, I, I'm glad they exist. Uh, uh, usually those people analyze this stuff and, and for others. Uh, and I'm not saying I, I, need, I, I want that help, but, but I, like I said, I, I like taking photos. And, uh, and I'm glad I found a couple of series that I'm shooting uh, so I can... Uh, keep on certain tracks uh, I'm, glad, I'm also glad that I, I'm trying to move away from the super close up uh, just the headshots uh, to something different uh, um, but all that I mean some, some of these things uh, you pick up a certain thing from someone you respect I, I guess it could be a very tiny thing I mean I, I just a little bit more, 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 more framing on, 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 on around that scene would have been good. You, you rather can crop it a little bit than having a minus uh, space, so mm -hmm. to speak. So stuff like that, and uh, and as being a close person, uh, that's the thing that's on my forehead, and that was a guy, Antonis Domalis. I don't know if you know him, a no. Greek photographer. He's part of our collective. He said that, and that stuck to me. For example, uh, so, but then it's it's always it's interesting to look at certain photos and talk why pros and cons and why and why not, uh, but more in in a general sense than than uh, uh, sort of giving thumbs up or thumbs down for a certain person. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it depends it depends on who you're talking to, I guess, also. Well, well, tell me about the collective that you're a member yeah. of now. Publigraphy. Yeah. yeah. We're, um, it's newly formed, and uh, uh, we are 10 people from all around the world. I think we're three or four Greeks in it. Uh, but it's, it's the, the, what's interesting is that we decided, although all of us shoot street, Photography, in, in in a sense, uh, uh, in an urban environment at least. But uh, there's always been too much uh, 
discussions about uh, the, the categorization about street photography. And uh, sometimes you, 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 you arrange your photo a little bit and it's almost a portrait, but it's more of a scene. And, and uh, if, if you are able to do that photo and make it a nice photo, we don't want the discussion whether it's a street photography shot or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we didn't include street photography in the in the description of the group. So we, we, we it's just about photography, actually. Did you were you invited into the group, or, did you, or were you one of the original founding members? No, we, I was part of the when we founded it. So we're, we we were ten people who started. Uh, so, just now. So why did you find a, a need to create a crowd collective? Well, I, 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 well, I wasn't the founder in that sense. I, uh, but I was, uh, if I was the third or fourth, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt it was compelling to have this mix of extremely talented photographer, obviously, and, and see what can what what we can get out of that, pretty much. And. Um, Still a bit too mature, to, uh, so early to, to talk about what what we both will do and, and can do. But we are planning to do a common f- project, at, at least, uh, to start that now. And uh, that's going to be very intriguing, I think. Um, well, it, you know, I think one of the big reasons to have a collective is in terms of being helping to be able to mark both your individual work and the work is... As, as the group, yeah, but uh, you, you know you're in sales already, so <laughs> you, you your yeah. experience in terms of marketing and sales, no doubt, should help you in terms of what you're doing with your photography. So, what are some of the things that you've learned as a salesman, quote unquote, to yeah. help you promote yourself and your photography? Again, it's a. Uh, I mean, I haven't been shooting for such so long time, so I, I feel. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm uh, well. If I ask someone to have a look at my photos and they like them, and if that's a person who might be able to somehow lift you up, uh, I, it, it's up to that person. I wouldn't nag someone uh, down and, and uh, to help me. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Never. But uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at least. Uh, I mean, I have the prints with me, so if I meet a certain person, I can uh, do a live presentation of, of my. Uh, work uh, that's a small thing uh, and when you're traveling that's pretty good actually uh, but I I don't know it's uh, uh, you know it's just comes naturally I don't think about it that much uh, to be honest I don't have an agenda or anything it's just you just want to have the time to make the photographs yeah 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 absolutely and, and my my but I do want I, I like my goal is to have them hanging somewhere on some wall I, I like that that's the ultimate sort of appreciation if you like for mm-hmm. for 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 what I do I think that's when, when then I'm happy to see it, uh, even if it's uh, in a cafe or whatever. That makes me happy. To yeah, because it doesn't seem like you're, you, you're the kind of person that is wanting to get out of whatever job they're in right now to dedicate more to photography. It seems like you're kind of happy to be doing what you are yeah. for a living. Yeah. Uh, and you also have this other part of your life where you get to practice your passion for photography and you're quite happy with that i would i would freak out if i had full-time shooting i I, honestly i i don't i i i mean sometimes you go out and 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 
it's rarely that you can shoot a full day. At least for me, I get like tired of shooting, sort of. Mm. Uh, not meaning I can go out the day after, but but uh, doing that all the time. And I don't want to shoot uh, photos of, of tools in a, in a in a studio or something. <laughs> But I think it's good for people to know there are people like you out there who have a job yeah. that they're you know they get some satisfaction about from. Yeah. But then they also have this other part of the lives where they get practice photography. I think right. that part of the sort of the myth is that the only way you can become a quote unquote professional or a photographer or artist is by having to give up this other job. Yeah. And if you are deriving not just an income from it, but some level of sat- satisfaction from it. You don't necessarily need to walk away from it to still have this creative part of your life. Oh, but I think most people, yeah, well, it depends on, uh, well, no, I, for me at least, I, I wouldn't want to do it full time. I rather, I, I like to have more time shooting, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, for example, hopefully I'm going to Morocco for a week to shoot. And uh, uh, when I get ho- home from here, I'm going to shoot these uh, car people for a week as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so a little bit more like that, more consistent. Like uh, it's almost like a small project within a, in a trip. For example, you focus on something and you shoot a lot. That's perfect. Yeah. So what you we mentioned the um, the car culture project. Uh, those images aren't currently on your site, but why don't you tell some are? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell people about that? Because I, I got a chance to take a look at the images here yeah. on your phone, and they look fascinating. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's been around since the sixties because it's mostly about. I think it's been around longer, but it's mostly about American cars from the fifties. And and uh, as time went by, sixties were added, and seventies. Uh, um, I don't know, but it's it's about vintage American cars, and we call them raggare. And and these people, they uh, everything is about the cars. They they live with and, and around their cars, and some people uh, restore these cars into mint, mint, mint conditions, and some just uh, tape them together with duct tapes, uh, and, and and they barely hold it together, and they have fun with them, and it's about rock and roll and uh, and and the cars, and there's quite a few. Um, uh, meetups uh, during the summer in Sweden with these people. Uh, the photos you saw were from one, and uh, then there's a full week in Dalarna in Sweden, which is starting when I get home. So uh, that's uh, what I like about those photographs is that the images are about car culture, yeah. not just the cars. Yeah, and because I see a lot of people who photograph. Um, the cars at the events like this, yeah. to the exclusion of the people yeah. there. But your pictures... I don't care about the cars. Yeah, no. it, and it shows. And, it, and yeah. your affinity for people yeah. and your ability to observe people in an interesting way is really conveyed in the photographs. You know, because as soon as I, I saw two or three, I was yeah. com- completely captivated yeah. by it. And I think that that's, um, you know, part of of the the best photographs usually come from... Uh, a personal curiosity, a personal passion, a personal interest in what they are photographing right. outside of what that picture may look in the frame. I think we as photographers fixate on the picture to the exclusion of what we're taking a picture of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a that's a, that's a good. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, I do. I do. No, no. It's more. I mean, it, it's uh, obviously in, in that uh, certain event it was. Super crowded. I mean, it was 
10,000 cars. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, multiple, 30, 40,000 people. And, and so when you shot, you have to still have to think about not getting the background. So you saw there's a line of cars, uh, but some were on the street, obviously, and so on. So it's a, but it, you have to really plan how to shoot it so you don't get the, the whole uh, sort of event in, in your frame. Yeah. yeah. So while you're here in the States for this time around, um, what are you hoping to achieve photographically while, you, while you're here? What oh, would you, what would you feel like you, you had a really good trip if you came home with what? Uh, this trip, you mean? Yeah. Oh, but I can barely hold the camera because of my shoulder. But oh, uh, yeah. apart from that, it's about... Uh, uh, I'm going to shoot a couple of more portraits, actually. Or, or uh, this weekend, I'm going to shoot a real model. <laughs> <laughs> for the first, I mean, a person I don't know, and she's a model, and okay. so I'm kind of nervous about that. But uh, black and white, four by five camera. Uh, so uh, I'm not thinking street this trip. Actually, it's more about uh, the portrait thing. And I, I bought a, um, a pack of uh, slide film, uh, one hundred uh, for, oh, for okay. the four, four by five. So I'm shooting that now also. Oh, using four four by five too. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing what those yeah. look like. <laughs> well, my last question that yeah. I ask each guest is: I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore, and it can be anyone. Oh, someone you've long admired, explore. yeah, or someone you've recently discovered. So, who would that uh, one photographer be, and why? Well, let's. I have to be diplomatic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm giving out our uh, collective publicography. Uh, to, to be discovered. There are a few photographers in our group, I think, that people will find very compelling. Okay. So, publicgraphic.com. Cool. And yeah. where can people go to find out more about you and, and your work? Oh, too many places. Uh, well, no, my my personal website is olabilmont.com and then uh, I'm more on Tumblr now for the portraits. So, it's uh, about Sweden. Okay. It's my nickname uh, about Sweden on Tumblr. Okay. Well, I'll have the link for that on, yeah, in the show yeah, notes okay. so people can find yeah. it. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. Remember that my latest book, Portraits of Strangers, is available for purchase. And for loyal listeners of the show, you can enjoy 30% off the ebook or any other book or DVD that I've produced, including my first book, Chasing the Light, Improving Your Photography Using Available Light. Click on the link on the show notes and use the promo code PORELLO, that's P as in Paul, E-R-E-L-L-O, to receive your discount. The Candid Frame is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners just like you, as well as the work of our audio engineer, Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. And our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.